Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, storyteller. I don't have a lot of news this week, but I just wanted to thank all of you for your kind and wonderful support as we have transitioned onto the network. I also wanted to thank Kendall Jung for their five-star review over on iTunes. Thank you so much! The episode this week is pretty hefty, so bear down and get ready for that, but I will warn you that next week's offering only clocks in around 35 minutes, but it's an extra tense and exciting 35 minutes. I'll also remind you to find me on the Party of One podcast this week, and I will be on the Riverhouse Games podcast in the near future talking about the manifold interactions of RPGs and improv, so look forward to that. I'll let you all know when that gets a little bit closer. With that out of the way, let's get into the action. In the time of myth, when gods and mortals walked creation together, Ariston bore himself before Hearth Eternal. Godwin and forlorn Arya arrived at the temple to Shu and Kossiger, perhaps too late. And for the first time in half a decade, Ajax stood face to face with his mother, Deciduous Mantle. Would this mean acceptance for Ariston? How would Godwin change his plans? Exactly how awkward was this family reunion about to get? The shrine attendant raises his hand. I'm sorry, you cannot enter the complex right now. The lovers are having a meeting with Shu and Kasuga. Well, shit. Do you want a sidebar? Sidebar. Sidebar. <laughs> what, what do we do? Who? The lovers are in there. They're in there. Yes. If we go in there, if we manage to find a way in, we might be able to establish a way that we can delegitimize them in front of Shu and Kasaga. That's bold. I think so is trying to usurp them behind their backs. True. This isn't a time for half measures. If you're willing to do it, then I'm willing to do it. I know this is harder for you than it is for me. The question is, how do we get in? Well, I don't know how good you are at martial arts. Uh, you'd probably sneak around the building and stealthily try to find a way in, but can't guarantee anything. I can almost guarantee you that if there is Congress between the lovers and Shu and Kasuga right now, every single potential entrance to the building is going to be tightly sealed. Damn. I mean, I don't want to, like, take a guard out, but... There might be a non-violent way to address this. You can be very persuasive, Godwin, and I would hate to do it. But I might be able to invoke my lineage to get us in. Hmm. I would prefer to hold that close to the chest for as long as possible. So you're telling me to use my seductive wiles? Whatever wiles you find becoming. Well, I don't know. I'm not... Who am I kidding? I don't have seductive wiles, but... You're right, I've been told to have a quiet charisma. I would disagree with the first statement. We would really be great lovers. (laughs) Go get him, Tiger. Which guard do you think I should attempt to appeal to. Do you know anything about these guards? I mean, have you interacted with any of them? I haven't been to the Cedar Blossoms district in a long, long time. The last time I was here was right before I left, and in the three intervening years, I'm not sure how much shakeup has taken place in the monastic order at the temple. I think that your best bet might just be to talk to the person guarding the main entrance. The main entrance? I mean, he's right there. We're just sidebarring. You don't think that that's 
the entrance that they've picked the most difficult to wane person, guard. Those who pledge themselves in service of Shu and Kasaga must be of iron resolve and believe in the sanctity of them and the city of Zhao Wei above all else. There is not someone here who you might interact with who they would put in front of a door that would guard their most prized spirits that would not be resistant to your influence. Well, fuck it. Let's go talk to the guy in the front. I thought that I was clear. The lovers are in a meeting. You cannot come in. So here's the thing. I don't think that's very clear. What's the meeting about? I need more information. I mean, they could be talking about shoes, and that's not an important meeting. It's an important enough meeting. How do you know? The high priest conveyed the word down to us. See, but you don't know. Don't you wish you knew? I think that the way that you are defining and contextualizing knowledge is different than the way that I do. The words of the high priest are the same as the words of Shu and Kasaga themselves. But you know they're not. Wouldn't you love to get right up and close with Shu and Kasaga? Wouldn't you like to see, to know? I mean, who is this high priest? Okay, so that sounds to me like an attempt at reading intentions. So give me a perception plus socialize. Six! And you get the two dice for your stunt. Three. Okay, so that bests his guile score. The high priest has been around and in service to Shu and Kasuga for the last 50 years. That's a long time. It is a long time, and would I like to get closer to Shu and Kasuga? Absolutely, I've devoted my life to them, and when I've been able to speak to them, it's been wonderful, but those are brief, fleeting moments. But do they have to be? I mean, 50 years. Isn't it time for someone new? Someone like you? So, are you trying to get a read for how he feels about the high priest, or for his intimacy that he might have toward Shu and Kasaga? Really go both ways. You gotta pick one. Okay. Let's do the high priest. He has a major intimacy towards the high priest of begrudging respect. Understood. I appreciate his years of service, and sometimes I wonder if he's not blinded by the way that things have changed recently, but it's still my duty to uphold and respect his words and directives, and by extension, those of Shu and Kasaga. But don't you feel that what would be the most righteous towards Shu and Kasuga would be to uphold the notion that if, for example, government is not meeting the needs of the people, then the people have an expectation to overthrow the government. I think I read that in a book somewhere as a kid. All I know is that what you're saying sounds somewhat treasonous, and the last time we lost lovers midterm, a great curse befell the city. And I think that we're all very scared of that happening again. I think we're having a curse now because we're not doing anything. Wouldn't it be less treasonous to Shu and Kasuga to try to make right of what's happening, what's wrong? This sounds like you're trying to make a persuade attempt. Yeah. Or are you trying to instead instill an intimacy in him towards... I think it's more of a persuasion. Okay, and in order to do that, you need to leverage one of his intimacies. Okay. So, you know one of his intimacies. How are you going to leverage his feelings towards the high priest to convince him of this? So, I didn't catch your name. My name is Sunburst. Okay, Sunburst. Here's the thing. Can someone who allows this much misfortune to befall the city without doing anything even be worthy of respect? Wouldn't it be more respectful to Shu and Kasuga to try to right what's wrong? 
it seems like the high priest isn't doing that. He's just letting the city fall apart in front of them. He's not doing his job. Don't you think you could do that job better? Okay, so that definitely sounds like a charisma plus persuasion attempt. Okay. And you're leveraging that intimacy against him, which will put him at a minus two to his resolve. But he's also bolstering this attempt with one of his defining intimacies, which puts him at a net plus two. So you are rolling charisma plus persuasion against a difficulty five. I'm going to use a listener swing argument. Supplements instill or persuade action. You get one automatic success and one non-term bonus die. For every two points, target resolve is boosted. Max three dice. So that's one automatic success and then one non-charm bonus die. And you get, again, two dice for the stunt. Are you going to add any for excellencies to give yourself extra, extra dice? Or you could also spend willpower. I will use one willpower. That will grant you one automatic success. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. Really? The one fucking time I roll terribly. Well, five. Yes, I think that it would be good for the city if people were taking care of the people. I took on this job because I care about the people, and I believe in Shu and Kasaga, but I recognize that they're ancient and that they think differently than the rest of us. I think that the high priest thinks more like a god than he does like a man these days, and this is a city of people. What do you propose I do to fix this? I think you need to show Shu and Kasuga that you're willing to take the initiative to make this right. Take the initiative how? Let us in. And what will you do? Do what you're afraid to do. Talk to Shu and Kasuga about this, about this corruption. Fine. If anyone asks, I didn't let you in, okay? Okay. You've never seen me before. No. And he presses against the door and it is a large and impressive door that looks like it has a seam down the middle but when he presses up back against it the seam that runs down the middle of it actually kind of spirals outward and then tendrils of wood pull apart kind of like the knot on a tree and allow you entrance into the temple so the interior of the temple is this large immaculately kept space the floors are made of lacquered wood and there's a number of different carved wooden effigies etc and there's also a number of different metal offertory plates there's uh, pretty consistent themes of silver in the the motifs and there's a number of vibrantly painted murals on the wall. The space in which you're in right now is sort of a central receiving area that leads back toward ceremonial chambers. And there's a large lacquered wooden stair that leads upward. As you enter, there are a couple of priests who are walking through the area. And you can hear something of a commotion coming from the general area of the stairs. What do you do? What do you think's happening, Forlorn Arya? I think that the meeting is going on right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if those who are scurrying around right now are attending to the needs of Shu and Kasaga. They're either offering prayers or sacrifices, or they could even be gathering goods that they ask for, like waitstaff. Are monks, like, bald? Not these monks. Some monks are bald. Okay. Generally speaking, monks of the Immaculate Faith are bald, though not universally, but these particular monks are not. These are more in the style of Japanese Shinto monks. They're wearing these pretty ornate robes, and they wear their hair kind of tied up and back, but no shaving. Should we check a back room to see if we can find something that's a little bit more inconspicuous because people are running around? That sounds probably like the best way for us to move around, yeah. Okay, well... 
So give me a perception plus larceny roll. Not going to be a great roll at all. It's only difficulty two. I only got two. Well, there's always willpower. Oh, gosh. Where there's a will, hey, there's a way. Can I use one moat and one willpower? Do you have larceny blocked in? No. Then no, you cannot. Okay. Can I try stunting it? Yes. Okay. So Godwin crouches down and starts kind of shuffling through the shadows of the temple, trying to feel holes in the wall to see if there's like a secret door similar to the one that they walked in. But he's also kind of taking note of where people are walking in and out from and looking for those kinds of patterns on the wall just to see. Okay, so I will give you a another one dot stunt, so take two extra dice. Let's do it. I use one willpower. One willpower, okay. Two. That's just enough. Godwin is feeling along the walls here, and as he's doing that, he's running his hand along it, just as this door built into the walls of the temple spreads apart, and a hurried and confused-looking shrine hand runs out in the act of tying their hair back, pretty panicked. They run straight past you without seeing, and the door is rapidly beginning to close. Quick, hurry, let's get in. So you dive back into this room, and there's a number of different worship implements back here. There's a number of the shrine hands robes, and there's also some silver censers. There are rows and rows and rows of incense, mostly burning things like sandalwood and cedarwood. There are several really, really vibrant, colorful bouquets of flowers that seem to be growing out of the walls. And there's also a number of silver hair fixtures that the priests use in order to tie back their hair, etc. Wow, looks like we found the right room. Yeah, it does. It looks like this is where they keep all of the goods. I've heard that this is the way that they prefer to do things, too keep a collective pool of everything. That way, no one is tempted by the wealth that the various parts of the accoutrement might convey to the different priests, especially the younger ones. I got a talking to when I visited the temple last time about avoiding rooms like this. I've always had, and she grabs one of the silver hairpins and starts playing with it between her fingers, curious hands. Well, hopefully those curious hands can find a robe that fits me. I think that we'll both need one. And she undoes the clasps on her vest and begins rummaging through the series of neatly folded robes that are laid out in the room. If I were you, I would spend less time standing there looking and I'd start taking your clothes off. I wish you said that in any other context but this one, but for the essence of time, I won't pursue it. So Godwin starts unrobing himself. And just as the last clasp on his shirt comes undone and falls kind of around his shoulders, the robe that Forlorn Arya has grabbed slams him like in the chest in kind of that classic off-screen poof thud. Ow. All right. Do you think this one will fit me? We're going to have to hope. Godwin takes off his waist ribbon that he wears. Do you wear pants with these? Whatever is comfortable for you. It looks to me as though they are designed for mobility and they are washed after every use. So if your concern is hygienic, you should be good to disrobe your pants. I'm just trying to see whether it's the style or not to wear pants or no pants underneath these robes. I don't know. I just don't want to look like I don't fit in. I saw bare ankles. Okay, well, guess you want to see me take my pants off. And hers are already on the floor, and she's (laughs) pulling the robes over herself. 
guess we'll match. And Godwin shucks off his pants, kind of awkwardly standing in his own nakedness for a while before fully robing up. Forlorn Arya then takes the clothes and tucks them neatly into a corner where hopefully it won't arouse suspicion. She looks at Godwin and says, Two days ago, I might have needed to trim back your hair, but it looks like you should be fine like this. And she also has relatively short hair that hangs kind of loosely, but she does take the silver pin that she had in her hair and basically clips back her bangs so they stay out of her face. Godwin, who has the sides short but the top long, buns up the top towards the back end and finds one of the picks miscellaneously and just sticks it in his hair as well. There is, on top of this random pick, a pine cone. So it's a pine cone-shaped hair pick. Godwin evaluates this reality, takes the pin off, puts it back down, and picks another pin, one that has a little bird on it. So now we cut back to Ajax at Quinn's. The night is still deep. His mother, deciduous mantle, stands before him. I just need for you to be open and honest with me about what you and your friends have been doing. This isn't any more comfortable for me than it is for you. So now all of a sudden you decide to come talk to me when you need something from me? No, Ajax, this city needs something from you. And if the stories are to be believed, you failed to heed my advice and you associate with people who don't have the city's best interest at heart. What they have in their hearts, you have no idea. I don't know why you always put down the people that I choose to associate with. Maybe I will stop casting aspersions when they stop attacking and injuring honorable service members of the city. What honorable service people? We are serving the people of the city just as much as anyone else, or more. There were two members of the city guard who were keeping watch at the docks, who claimed to have been assaulted by your friend. Shortly thereafter, we received reports of a shower of gold and white light from the Smiling Eyes District, and... Thereafter, again, reports that a visiting dignitary from the realm had been murdered. And what makes you assume that it was my associates? It's the timing of the events. The guards saw what happened, and we can extrapolate the amount of time that it would have taken to go from the docks to the place in the Smiling Eyes district that the light emerged from. In addition to that, we've received reports from people who were in the district that after a display of force, one Godwin Corelli II revealed himself to the realm and struck out against Ragara Vijay. And what makes this such a terrible act? I'm here principally to investigate the assault of Resplendent Badger and Emergent Cacophony. The murder of Ragara Vijay is of interest to the city. However, circumstances in the Smiling Ice District make it difficult to further investigate, and so jurisdiction and responsibility for investigating and resolving claim and blame for that crime may lie in the hands of the realm itself. I would prefer that we handle it, but I have trouble believing that you've been this blatantly irresponsible. Well, if two of your guards were assaulted and beaten so easily, maybe you should be investigating those guards and their ability to perform their job to protect the city. I have trouble believing that I raised you if you believe that there is not a comprehensive investigation of their backgrounds and recent activities that is presently underway. Then why are you coming to me? You know, Mr. Corelli. You co-own this business with Mr. Corelli. Additionally, after-incident reports reveal that you and a foreigner were seen running through the streets, assisting in the extinguishment 
of the fire that we also found evidence of in the district. So, you're a lead, son. I think that you understand what you have to do in order to pursue leads. I think you understand, mother, that I always have the interest of the city at heart, and that anything that I or my associates do is in the best interest of the city, even if that may not be blatantly obvious to outsiders. I would have done the exact same thing as Godwin. I guess I can't say I'm surprised. You can tell that to Ujiko in the afterlife, if that's how you really feel. I will face any judgment that I have to. I know what I did was correct, and I would stand by my brother before I stand by my mother. Well, are you ready to face the judgment that you will have to face for obstruction of justice? Because if you fail to comply, I'm going to have to lay those charges upon you, I'm afraid. Is it really obstruction of justice if the justice is not fair? By the word of the law of the city of Jiawei, which I know you're well acquainted with. Absolutely. I suggest you leave this establishment and don't come back until you have a warrant. I will be back soon with a subpoena. It's been lovely talking to you, son. And she closes the door. We cut to Godwin and Forlorn Aria in these robes, walking up the stairs. The sounds of the commotion are still somewhat present, but not overwhelming. As you come up the stairs and round the corner into the foyer that leads to the entrance to their sanctum, it is blocked off by a silver door, and there are rows of burning torches and incense stuck into the wall. And there's a small figure that is perched on one of the waiting benches outside. It wears on its head a roof shingle as a sort of hat, and it is engaged in furious discourse with one of the members of the temple. I I, I understand that they're having a meeting, but I need to make sure that everything's okay, okay? I have, I have important information that relates to what happened two nights ago, and they need to know, okay? They need to know that it wasn't my responsibility, okay? So Godwin, bouquet in hand, walks up to the scene. Oh, what's happening? You, you, you people, you said that, you said that if I made an appointment that you would let me in, and I made an appointment, and the time for the appointment is right now, and you're telling me that there was an emergency meeting? I'm trying to handle my domain, I'm trying to keep everything under wraps and in order, and I can't do that if when I make appointments, you cancel them on me at the last minute. (laughs) I'm sorry for speaking out. Please don't tell Shu and Kasuga I did that. I can't handle a demotion. Look, just calm down. Everything's going to be fine. We had to make this meeting, alright? Do you understand? It's going to be okay, though, I promise you. I just don't understand why I wasn't notified. I was already here, okay? As you can see, it's been very troublesome up here. We had emergency meetings. You know how it goes, so please, if you could just wait a little bit longer, that would be great for all of us. I, I'll, I'll wait. Okay, I'll wait if you can promise me, if you can promise me that missing this meeting, missing the, uh, the, the first time, the, the appointed time because of this emergency meeting isn't going to result in my demotion. It's very, very important that I keep my stake in the Smiling Eyes District. Okay, I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning up the streets. Things are getting better. I promise I've got a report. It's due at the end of the season and they're going to see it and they're going to know, they're going to know that Rue of Resplendent 
Lacquered Wood is a good god, and he's doing what he needs to do for this city. That he's worth something, and I just need them to see that, and I can't do that if you demote me and I have to go live and wrangle degenerate hound. No one is getting demoted today. I, I can assure you that everyone is well aware of what happened. We know that there had to be some things moved around. No one will be having to wrangle hounds. Just please try to relax. The best thing you can do is when you meet Bushu and Casca is to relax. All right? They're stressed out too, okay? I'll take your report. I'll put it in a safe place. Everything will be fine. So Rue takes the shingle off of his head and pats down sweat that is congregating around the the wood of his skin and kind of pats that out and then hands a scroll to the shrine hand. Okay, okay, I'm just... Thank you. I think that you'll understand why I'm so upset when you read the report. Something happened that shouldn't have happened. I tried to stop it, but I'm not responsible for stone entering the city. And he plops down on the bench, sighs, and puts his little shingle back on. And what can we do for you, sir? Look, I actually think that this man should be able to come and speak to Shu and Kasuga right now. Oh, oh, is that right? Well, as I was telling him, we are going to have to ask you to wait. As your fellow shrine hand, I have control from the high priest, and his words say that he should be allowed in. The high priest? Yes. I'm surprised I wasn't notified of it. Well, you're just, you know, a door-guarding shrine hand. Wow, you're really throwing some shade. (laughs) Gonna try and make me feel bad about my position. It's not going to work. Something about this shrine hand is familiar to me, and it bothers me. So, shade is fine. If there's anything I can do short of letting you in, please let me know. Well, I'm telling you the high priest that i can be let in so that's what you can do for me and my very concerned partner here he gives rue a little pet if this is an emergency that's necessary for everyone to hear then sure but doesn't seem like whatever you're going to be talking about is of utmost importance it's on a need to know basis and you're not need to know so at this point, I'm going to call for another charisma plus persuasion role on the part of Godwin. This seems like it's functioning more in the realm of intimidation than it does in the realm of regular persuasion. So it's charisma plus presence, but he is probably going to walk away this shrine hand. is probably going to walk away from this interaction with a negative intimacy toward you. Today is just garbage, too. So you are not convinced. Well, I need to know on everything that goes on. And if someone had to be let into the meeting, a meeting that was just recently called, I would have heard. And if you were of any importance, I would have heard about you, but I haven't. Well, I guess that you're just not an informed member of the shrine. Or maybe you're just not a member that matters enough. Wow, shade. (laughs) Do you want a sidebar? He looks over to Forlorn Aria. Yes, sidebar. I don't know what to do. This one's tougher than the last one. I can play the trump card. I feel so bad. Well, when we step in there, they're going to know anyway, right? That's true. And sidebar. She turns towards the shrine hand and says, I invoke the right of amorous lineage. My name is Forlorn Aria, and I am you and Torogo's child. By the law of the city and the decree of Shuen Kasaga, myself and my associate are permitted entrance to this conclave. 
So the tri-hand just kind of like looks at her and just steps back. Like there's nothing to say. She just like motions for her to go ahead. She then grabs Godwin's hand and continues forward. Godwin kind of motions to Rue his hand to a side low and he just kind of like motions to Rue to come along. So Rue waddles behind you. The silver of the door into the sanctum pours downward as you approach it, almost like a metallic waterfall that then begins to like splash up and move up again towards the top of the doorframe, allowing you the space to enter the sanctum. Godwin, bouquet still in hand, looks over at Forlorn Aria. Oh, are you going to do the talking or am I going to do the talking? Because I think you might be better at doing the talking than I am on this one. I think that you underestimate your position and your ability to influence. In short, I think the answer is that we are going to be doing the talking. Okay, that's fair. I will try to come off as confident as possible, but I have no guarantees. You probably can't come off as being any more insecure looking than I am, if that's any, if that's a vote of confidence. Hey, nice hat, dude. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The waddle of Rue turns into a somewhat confident swagger. (laughs) But you enter the sanctum. It is a room that is made entirely out of intermesh pine needles. It's actually very, very solid to stand on, but it doesn't look like it's a feasible construction. The furniture and such that is in the room is constructed of wood, but all of the material construction is pine needles at various states of greenness and decay to give the floor texture and a sort of elaborate carpeted appearance. There's actually a large mandala that is inscribed in the center of the floor with the more browned pine needles. And at the center of the sanctum, there's a large bed at the foot of which two people stand, both of whom have long hair and are wearing elaborate leather clothing. And they are looking at a figure. And this figure looks as though it's a single pair of legs. And up around the point of the hips, it splits off into two twisting figures that are holding each other in a tight embrace, but as opposed to having their faces sitting in profile, they are rotated fully outward to the people to whom they're talking. They are two relatively androgynous faces, and much like Rue, they are built entirely out of this redwood. Each of the figures has this long hair that is made out of these strung-together pine needles, and the eyes of both of the faces are really intricately carved out wooden eyeball looking things. Though they both look androgynous, one has slightly sharper features and one has slightly more rounded features. Who intrudes upon our sanctum? Godwin's hand tightens within Forlorn Arya's. I am Forlorn Arya. I am the daughter of Mei and Toroko Yu. Both of the figures who are facing the opposite direction turn around. Toroko, the male, is... He's got a solid dad gut going on. Like, it looks like he engaged in a lot of physical labor when he was younger, but he's grown soft and gained weight recently. And the female, May, looks a little bit more weathered. She looks like she's seen a lot of stress. She has serious eyes, whereas Toroko's are a little bit more lively and vibrant. <sighs> honey, honey, oh, you're, you're back, you're, ba- you're back? Oh, what, what are you, I, I've been waiting for you to come back for so long. And Toroko begins to tear up and almost steps forward toward Arya, but May grabs his wrist. Not now, not here. 
Godwin looks over at Forlorn Arya to see how she is responding to having seen her parents for the first time in so long. She is biting her lip, but her eyes look resolute. Godwin looks at her and nods a little bit and then stares forward, eyes glazed over, not really looking and making eye contact with anybody in the room. And he steps forward with Forlorn Arya closer to the center. We're here to speak to Shu and Kasuga, and it's of the utmost importance. What is more important than resolving the issues of murder, stone, and fire? Those issues are of the utmost importance, but we feel like what we have to offer is more significant and more pressing than what the lovers have to offer right now. On what grounds beyond lineage do you make these claims? I committed the murder. You, you are fire and light? Yes. Step forward, show us, prove this. So Godwin pulls his hand away from Forlorn Arya's and walks towards the bed, grabbing his recorder out from its sheath that he hid underneath his robes and makes his eyes settle down right on Shu and Kasuga. And he begins to play the same melody that he had played for Forlorn Aria that first time that he played for her. But this time it seems so much more raw and he adds so much more of his own to it. And then he closes his eyes and just kind of loses himself in the music and his cast mark starts glowing. Godwin is going to use soul-firing performance. Okay, so give a brief description of the actual mechanics of soul-firing performance. So soul-firing performance is when Godwin performs for three minutes and rolls 12 dice with an automatic success. And if he overcomes their resolve, people reconsider a past choice connected to performance emotion. This is a decision point based on past influence. So is the emotion that you're evoking right now the same emotion that you tried to evoke with Forlorn Aria of sorrowful nostalgia? Yes. Okay. Is there a specific decision that you're trying to get them to reconsider? Reconsider their choice of the lovers. Okay. And you are also using unmatched showmanship style, so that will give you extra dice. You'll be rolling a full pool of 16 with an automatic success, and I'm going to give you a two-dot stunt, so that's an extra automatic success. Is it two dice and one automatic success, or one dice and one automatic success? Two dice and one automatic success. Success. And you are contending here with a difficulty of seven because they have a high resolve and it is collectively being bolstered by their beliefs. Okay. 16 successes. <laughs> <laughs> As Godwin begins to play this music and his cast mark blossoms on his forehead, as the Lama Yu's cantata progresses, Toroko's face is just streaming with tears, and you can see that Mei is more able to maintain composure, but she is also struggling to hold back like a tidal wave of emotion as it progresses through its movements. You see the figures of Shu and Kasaga disentangle themselves at the waist so that they are two separate figures that begin to actually move and slowly dance around the room to the tenor of the music that Godwin is playing. Do they each have one leg? When they split apart, they each have two legs. Okay. As Godwin plays the final notes, Shu falls to the ground and Kasaga kneels down and lifts up his head and pulls him into an embrace and they fuse back together into a singular form. They stand up. We see the light. We see the fire. We see mistakes, questions, 
corruptions. What do you need? And at this point, Toroko has actually broken away and is clinging to his daughter and weeping. What is Forlonaria doing? She seems taken aback and earnestly caught off guard by all of this. You look at her, she's clearly being affected by your song and by your majesty. And as you look, you see her hands clasp tightly, like they were loosely against Toroko's back, but you see them clench tightly and pull him in close. Godwin pulls the recorder away from his mouth and he feels like distant from everyone. He feels like he should have gotten more out of his own performance, but instead he remains as he was before. He slips back into this identity that he had before where he seemed jaded by emotions. He doesn't show anything on his face. We need you to reconsider what the lovers mean to the city. Upholding legacy. Surviving our affections. Love for each other. For the people. We feel like the current lovers are not meeting those expectations. We feel like it's time for change. The people feel like it's time for change. Two years or misfortune cannot break contract. How? Will you fix this? How will their expulsion improve Zhao Wei? No one knows what I'm capable of, and I want to use that for good, as does Forlorn Arya, and he motions to her. All we want is good, and we have all this power. We want to put it where it's right, and we feel like there is no better place than this, but we also feel like there is no better time than now. Once... We knew someone like you, shining golden fire and light. We saw them fall, but Jawei cannot continue, held together by tensions, lovers falling apart. Forlorn Arya and I, we're lovers beginning to blossom. And our love for the people inspires us so much more than our love for each other. And that gives us unprecedented strength. At this point, Toroko separates from Arya and looks at Mei. I take back everything I said. I still love you as much as the first day we met. And I wanted you to be happy, but I want to be happy too. Arya is here and I remember what brought her to us. I know that we've been at odds, but please don't go. And May straightens her back. I remember the love that brought forlorn Arya into this world. Of course I do. And a tear rolls down her cheek. We both know that that's been dead for a long, long time. I think that I have a shot at feeling that again with Umbrita. So I'm afraid that the tables have turned in this moment. And Shu and Kasaga turn from Godwin to Mei and Toroko. This is unacceptable conflict changing. No ties to bind. Fire and music. If they will accept the burden of severed contracts, your time is over. Godwin looks over at Forlorn Arya and looks back at Chu and Kasuga. Forlorn Arya has already dealt with so much burden, especially knowing the pain that the current lovers have caused due to their strife. 
watching them fall apart. I think that experience makes us right for the people. And Godwin walks over to her and extends his arms out that she can pull away from her father and go to him if she feels that it's right in the moment. She does. She moves to Godwin. And Godwin looks back up at Shu and Kasuga. Two years unserved, left hanging, a curse to the city this is supposed to bring. Will you shoulder the burden of the curse? And Godwin looks down at Forlorn Arya, kind of motioning to her to make that final call. She looks at her parents. She looks at the lovers. She looks at Shu and Kasaga, and she looks at Godwin in the eyes. She turns back to her parents. I'm sorry. Yes, we will accept two years of burden. We will take on the curse. Good. The position must be chosen by the people, but Mei and Todoko are stepping aside. We can endorse you and allow you to rule as de facto interim lovers until an election can be held in one month's time. We will support you, but you will need to prove to the people of this city that you are worthy of the title. Well, I think a month is definitely enough time. What do you think? I think that if we can resolve the immediate and pressing danger, then there will be no reason for anyone to doubt our capacity as leaders. But the time that follows that may be more showing of our shortcomings than our immediate response to the threat. We're going to have to be very careful if we want to make sure that this is a position that we can hold on to. That's what I think. Do you want to talk about something? You sound a little different than the last time we spoke about this. I would prefer to do it in a room that is not occupied presently by five other people. Well... I don't know where the other rooms might be, but I think we can uh, grab our clothes out of the closet. That might be a good first start, because quite frankly, although these robes are really comfortable, I'd rather be in my regular attire. Yes, I agree with you. Let's, unless there is any more business, let's get out of here. Rue is also wiping away some little watery tears from his wooden eyes. He pulls off his shingles, puffs out his chest a little bit, and says, Does does this mean that you're going to put in a good word for me? So we cut to the inside of the conclave of Amers. May and Todoko have not yet had time to vacate the premises completely, and so you are sequestered to a guest room as they prepare to remove their things. Even though it is a guest room, it is still very lavishly furnished, and the beddings and furnishings are comparable to the finest types of hotels and homes in which Godwin used to stay with his mother when they were on the road. The general theme is that of rich reds and golds with some purple elements. There's a lot of wooden furniture in the room, as is generally common in Jiaowei, but this is particularly ornate. And there's a large oblong mirror that is stood up in the corner. Forlorn Arya moves to the bed and sits down, putting her head in her hands. Okay, are you sure that you want to talk about this right now? 
we're we're supposed to talk i mean yes i i want to be the person that you talk to when you're unsure about things or you know going through a lot i could tell that what happened in that room wasn't easy for you and you know if if we're going to be making big decisions together then the first step is to understand each other and having conversations like this is what's going to be important for that so, so yeah. And Godwin moves over and sits on the bed beside her, his hands kind of placed on his knees, a little bit fidgety. She takes one of her hands from her head and moves it and clutches around Godwin's hand. When you played that song, it reminded me of a lot of things. And looking at my parents reacting to it, I remembered everything that they gave me when I was younger. And suddenly I was seeing everything that I wasn't seeing before I grabbed Lakshu and I left the city. I could see how hard they were trying to adjust and to pay attention to me. I was 15 years old and so self-absorbed that I didn't see what they were providing for me. And yeah, they were negligent in some respects. I felt very abandoned, and that wasn't for no reason. But I began to doubt whether it was right of us to do this, whether my parents were as deserving of admonishment as I had made myself believe, as I had to believe for the last three years. Godwin kind of shuffles in his position, and he moves to a spot on the bed where he's a little bit behind her, and he's sitting crisscrossed, listening to her intently, and as he listens to what she says, he... Stops breathing for a while, kind of reveling in the the weight of her words. Shit, that's big, you know? If if you don't feel like you can be confident in the fact that we've replaced them, then what did we go through all that for? I mean, you say that you're questioning it now, but also, I think your mom had another man? I don't know. I don't know that your first instinct was that wrong. You seem to be wearing not rose-colored glasses per se, but I don't know. I feel like there's a sympathy in your words that might be misplaced. But then again, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what she meant when she talked about Amrita. I remember that when they were getting situated, they consulted heavily with a merchant who helped them lay out their furnishings. And if I recall correctly, her name was Amrita. Which is funny. If that happened, I guess that, in a lot of respects, I'm not that different from her anyway. And that's scary. That makes me wonder if I'm going to do any better. Look, I believe in what we talked about. And I believe in trying to keep the power that we're given and that we exercise in check. I just didn't realize how much I still love them and how much they loved me. And I guess some part of me was convinced that And she clenches the fabric on her clothes around her knees. If they couldn't even love and take care of me, then there was no way that they could take care of the city. And it looks like they've got problems. It looks like their relationship has problems. And I'm worried because the end of that conversation made it sound like they weren't going to break apart. And now they are. And I can't think of an answer to that shift that doesn't revolve around us, that doesn't blame us for them breaking apart. And I don't know if that's a good thing or if that's a bad thing, but it's something that scares me. Look, I think think we might have just been catalysts. You know, I think it was coming. Maybe we propelled it a little bit faster than it was naturally going to flow, but 
I don't think it wouldn't have happened at all. But look, you were saying something about feeling like your mother. How you don't know like that's a good or a bad thing. What What do you mean by that? I'm just trying to understand where you're coming from. Well, look at where I am with you. I, I care about you a lot, Godwin. I haven't known you that long, and I want to get to know you. I want to know who you are on a deeper level, and who you were when you were younger, and who you're going to become. So please don't take this the wrong way. But if my mother abandoned my father for Amrita, then I've done exactly the same thing to Lakshu with you. And if those... Maybe I should have ended it with her before. Maybe I should have cut things off. But I didn't. And on some level, I still really care about her. We grew up together. We've relied on each other for a long time. And I'm terrified of breaking her heart. But if my mother did the same thing, then I'm worried that I'm going to fall prey to some of her other vices that may have propelled the city into a downward spiral. Maybe it's not... Maybe it's just part of who I am and who I'm destined to be. I feel like there's a difference between what's comfortable and what moves us forward. And maybe, you know, maybe your mom wasn't wrong to feel like something was pulling her towards Amrita and not your father. And that's sad to say, but you know, maybe it's not all a vice. You know, maybe it's an, an instinct. Maybe it's something to do with survival, but... I mean, you're right. We don't really know each other, but and Godwin reaches out and kind of rests a hand on her upper arm and kind of rubs her comfortingly. You know, we don't we don't have to love each other quite yet or ever really. I mean, I don't know, but we have to accept the fact that we're partners now. And that means doing more together than, you know, the surface level stuff. It means being there for each other. And it's scary for you, I can tell, but but I'm going to be here for you. And that's my duty, not only to the city, but, but to you. You know, that's that's what I signed up for. So if you're ever feeling like you need a hand, you got two of mine. Thank you, Godwin. I hope that what we have can turn into love or something like it. I really do. And I appreciate your offer of support. If there's anything that you need to talk about, I'm, I'm here for you too. It might take me a minute to get over these doubts, and it might mean that I need to go and have a conversation with my parents, and a conversation with Lakshu, and I'm not sure that I want you party to those conversations, but it's important to me that I can tell you about them when they're over, and it's going to be five years that we're together if, if things go right for this next month, and that's that's a lot of time. That's a big commitment. I just hope that we can take the next month and use it to provide the base work that we need to make this work for five years. I don't mind not being there when you talk to your parents in Lakshu, really. I think I would have elected to not be there. But I agree that I think what's really important for us is to set up a foundation you know, let's not push ourselves too hard. Let's just start with really getting to know each other. And I mean, you seem cool. I am excited to get to know you and I'm okay with starting from there. And at the same time, I think another foundation that we need to set is is what you kind of alluded to before with the idea of having conversations that are hard that we need to do on our own, but coming back and sharing those stories with each other. You know, I'm going to have to tell Ajax and Ariston about what's happened and that's not going to be an easy talk, but I want to share it with you when it happens, after it happens. I don't think you and Ariston should be in the same room. 
I look forward to hearing about that as well. I'm not sure that I get Ariston, and... I don't either. Sometimes the way that I see you two interact, I have trouble seeing what exactly you see in him. I don't see anything. That's funny. He's just kind of around. Yeah, I can see that, but it looks like he's probably going to be around for a while. And maybe it would do us both well if, like we're going to do with each other, we can try to see his virtues. I can't guarantee that I'm going to have a great time the next time I see him. I have never seen anybody act that disrespectfully in a queen's court, but I'm going to try to find things about him that that are good. I can see that he cares, and that's important. We need people around us who care. I don't know. I know he's going to be around, and I don't want to write him off because of one bad day. But it also worries me if you're not seeing anything in him. But I guess I'm committed to trying to... trying to see the light in Ariston. For your sake, I'll try to. Thank you. It's been a long day. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about, or... I guess, what what can I do to make you feel comfortable? You know, is this is this bed arrangement okay, or do you want two different beds in here because i'm sure we can ask for that i don't know whatever whatever you want i'm okay co-sleeping to be quite honest it's uh the nights when lakshu and everyone else was gone it was very hard getting to sleep on my own so maybe having you in the bed will help if you're also comfortable with that i don't want to make you feel like you have to do that because it might help me sleep but I think that if we want to get to know each other, and that if we're going to be assuming this responsibility, part of it is going to involve spending a lot of time together, and a big part of it is going to be maintaining the facade that, at least to the public, we're a lot closer than we actually are. And maybe this sleeping situation and this room situation will help turn that into less of a facade over time. Hey, as long as you don't wiggle, I'm good. Thank you, Godwin. It means a lot to me. And she takes her hand and puts it on your hand that is on her arm. And she squeezes your fingertips. And then her hand goes kind of limp. And then she squeezes them again very tightly. We cut to Quinn's. It's the next day. And Godwin, Ariston, and Ajax have all congregated in this space. I did what I had to do. I know you guys don't really understand it, but the fact is that it's happened. My biggest question is, why did you do this without telling us? I didn't think you believed in me. Godwin, I actually want to apologize for my behavior. I was upset to a point where I wasn't thinking very well. And I apologize to you too, Ajax. I know I must have not been a very helpful ally at that point, but I should have more faith in what you think is right, Godwin. You really hurt someone whose story you don't even know. I know I was upset, but my apology is not to her, it's to you. I don't... She and I are the lovers now. I understand, and I'll put my feelings towards her aside. My point is, I'm sorry to you, and I will work to be more supportive of you. And if those decisions and those choices involve her, then that's fine. I don't know if I can accept a half apology. I don't know what you want from me. I, I, that woman is everything that I have disliked and people who have hurt me in the past. It's not like you'll be giving me any less than you've given me before. So it's fine. I just don't get how you could go behind our backs. I am under a microscope by the city government, and I covered for you. And this is how you repay us? We're dismantling everything. But why? What city government? I guess what we're both trying to say is 
We don't understand where all of this all of a sudden came from. It came from a feeling of not being good enough for you guys, for the city, for anything. And now having a place where I can show that I'm so much more capable than all of you think that I am. And don't act like you haven't done anything. Don't act innocent. Don't act like you haven't helped fuel this fire in me. We were just joking with you. I don't... I never doubted your abilities. Maybe once or twice with women as a joke, but never, I never said that you weren't capable in any area that seems to be stemming more from you than it is from us. Look, Ariston, I'm going to be frank with you. You haven't really been in my life long enough to matter. It's not your opinion that I'm talking about here. And Godwin looks over at Ajax. Look, Godwin, if I didn't believe in your abilities, how come you end up on my shoulders so many times? Because you always see me as like a little brother, someone that's lesser. And why does that matter? I can still respect a little brother. Because I can do greater than what you think I can do. I think I can do greater than you can. I don't think I'm little. If that's so, then why do we always have to protect you? And you're always getting yourself into trouble. You don't have to protect me anymore. Here you are trying. I'm telling you to let me go. Do we mean nothing to you? Does all the time that we've spent together mean nothing to you? Why would I just let you go? I don't know what means anything to me anymore. I'm not the man that I used to be. I don't think I even used to be really a man. I think I was just kind of a boy. But now, now I think I know where I need to go. And it's not here. I don't think abandoning your friend, you have made it clear you feel about me, is the action of a man. It is the action of a boy. The action of a man is to know where he needs to go. Not to be disloyal to his friends. To not be afraid to let go of what I need to let go of. To not put personal emotions in the way of change. Do you think we're dragging you down? Is yes. Is that what this is? Yes. How? If anything, we've helped lift you up. We've gotten you to the places where you need to make this change. Tell me when. When we fought Ragnar Vijay with you. I'm the one I that put the too. sword in. I injured him too, Godwin. If you don't remember. I was I the first one to injure him. Exactly. Just to put that in there. Ajax now is not the time. I know you think that I was being... Uh, people have made fun of me for sounding weak, but he caused me great physical pain, and I wouldn't have done that for him. I don't have any problem... I didn't have any existing problem with Vijaya until I knew that he was hurting you, Godwin, and I risked having that. I can't surround myself with sheep. You have to make your own decisions. We're not... Like, I'm making my own decisions. How many times have I carried you, literally, and you're saying that we were holding you back? I'm saying that I'm not the person I was then, but the person that I am now can't... I don't know. I don't know, Ajax. I think you're more of a sheep at this point than us. I don't think sticking up for your friends is the actions of a follower. I think it's the actions of a team. I'm on a different team now. Maybe the bond holding you back to us isn't as strong now, but what if Rizzo was here? What would you do then? She's not here. Don't play with hypotheticals, Ajax. They just hurt. They don't change anything. You're being just like Rizzo. You're leaving with no solid reason. No Why solid are you abandoning? I'm, I have so much power in the city now. The power is already getting to your head. You're already losing sight of who you are. I don't know who I am. I don't think I've ever known who I am. We know who you are, and it's not this. The person you think that I am is not the person that I want to be. Look, you may have had some traits that you didn't like, and that's good that those have been... You are more confident, you are more decisive, but you were kind and, and compassionate. And then I killed a man. I know. I've done some things that are weighing on my conscience heavily that I cannot get back. But that doesn't mean that I abandon the traits that made me good just because I did something bad. Look, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know what's going to happen to the Pirate Queen. 
I don't know, but I need to find out. I don't can't speak for Ajax, but I don't expect you to abandon her. I never asked you to. I'm just saying, don't abandon us. I just don't know that I can make decisions there without letting go of emotions here. I just feel like I don't get support. Aren't the emotional bonds to other people what should drive a leader to do good for the common good? I can't have biases. I already told you, Godwin, if you have a decision that, that she wants you to do and you think it's right... I'll support you. I'm not expecting you to have biases for me. Or Ajax, I'm sure he's not expecting the same either. But we're just asking you to be what you were to us, or were to him, a friend. I don't think that's too much to ask. I th- I'm unsure, and I think that she's unsure. I don't know, and to me it seems like now we might be getting too much on our plates, but we've already dismantled the old lovers. They're gone. I don't know where to go from here. If it isn't us, if it isn't putting on these shoes that are just too big. And I ask myself, can I be the kind of man that fills them? And I think that I could be. But then I think about my place here in this group, and I think that the person that I am here can't fill those shoes. But the person that she makes me might. I know better than anyone that you can fill those shoes, Godwin. Really? Absolutely. Do you think I should fill those shoes? If that's what it takes to protect the city, then yes. But we can't lose sight of what's important. I wish you could put on those shoes and then I could sit on your back like old times and then pretend that I was wearing them. But it isn't like that anymore. You need to stand for yourself, but it doesn't mean I won't be standing behind you. Yeah, behind me. Not next to me or anything, because I'm better. You, you're you just in a position of power. That's that's the only reason why I'd be behind you. A really great position of power. And I will be as far behind you as you need me to be. That's not far enough. <sighs> <laughs> no, no, I'll take it. No, I'm, t- I'm trying to work on this. <laughs> if that's what you want me to do, Godwin, to keep you with us, I'll do it. So where do we go from here? Where does Quinn's go from here? I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if I'm allowed to keep working here. I don't I don't know if I have to change who I am. Well, whatever happens, just know that we know who you are and we like who you are. And Why do you like who I am? Look, you may have your issues with me, but those are mostly due to how you perceive my behavior. I've never been in a situation where someone, or rather two people, as you and Ajax have, have not judged me for something I can't control. This is the only place where I've been able to be who I feel I'm supposed to. And no one has tried to hurt me for it. You can't be yourself with your fish people? No, I can't. Cannot. At all, actually. I did. Well, that's another story. Man, fish people are mean. Well, we're not fish, but yes, they are mean. And I, I, I guess I feel like I don't have to be afraid anymore. And I have both of you to thank for that. Wow. Cool story, bro. Shut the fuck up, Ajax. <laughs> okay. I just poured my damn soul out on to the floor of Quince. No, no, it's fine. It's like a <laughs> tiny puddle around Ariston where he's been crying. His soul has poured out. <laughs> and suddenly his feet are comfortable because he's cried so much that he's standing in a puddle. <laughs> Not a bad solution. So I think I'm going to try to work here. I just, I really don't know. But I would, I would appreciate it if you could come to the ceremony. Of course. Ajax. <laughs> Ajax, can I be your plus one? I'll think about it. I might have to take my box turtle. <laughs> can I be your box turtle's plus one? I don't think that's how plus ones work. <laughs> I guess they didn't teach you that in fish school. Did not go to fish school. Still not a fish. I don't know how many times you say it, it's not going to change my anatomy. I think it's quite fishy. Anyway, we understand that you're making changes and maybe we can make changes too. Like what? Are you going to stop being annoying? No. Uh, that's just something that I feel is subjective to you. I don't think that I'm an annoying person, but I will try if I am annoying to change it. But no. No, something else. Damn. And he takes like... 
He goes upstairs and grabs a board and just holds it. And he says, I know where you probably want me to put this. And if that's what you want, I'll do it. Do it. Godwin doesn't really process what Ariston is processing. Ariston takes the board and he puts it, puts it horizontally over the door and hammers it in. And he throws the gate to the side and just kind of clamors off. But it's, he's going to like finish it. But right now it's like a clear sign that he's going to block it up. Well, now we can let the box turtle walk around. But my box turtle's at home. We can bring him here. Mm. He'll be safe. I don't know if I want to introduce him to influences like you and Ariston. Where is all this dislike coming from, Ajax? Your work associates. Like, he's family to Oh, me. okay. All right. I okay. See. I get it now. All right. That makes sense. Well, you can keep going under that investigation by yourself, buddy. Um, I was under the impression that since you're now in charge, you would get rid of that investigation since it's kind of geared toward finding you. But I also don't get to hang out with a box turtle, so I could just not. But if you don't, the real culprit they're looking for is you. I'm just an accessory to it. I already confessed my crimes. So the investigation's already over. Yeah, that's, I guess that's true. <laughs> I don't think we got any closer to getting the box turtle here. <laughs> I confessed to murder. Oh my god. I feel like there are some uh, missing parts to the investigation, though, that are still up in the air. Because I only confessed to murder. And you're right. telling us that it's more than that. I'll bring in my pet box turtle. Oh, I'm so excited. Gonna have an animal around that I don't get yelled at for. No, I'll still find reasons to yell at you. Yes, of course. So, I feel like the elephant in the room right now is the realm. Yeah, I thought you were going to take care of that with the pirate queen. Well, we're in a position of power, but we don't have a very clear plan on where to direct that power. Maybe Ariston and I can go in with you and be your military advisors of sorts. I like the idea of you being my military advisor. I won't talk to her if you don't want me to talk to her. I'll be quiet. She seems to prefer that too. So if you just want me to shut up, I will. Yeah, can you not upset my lover? I, I said I was sorry, okay? I told you she was pushing pushing all my buttons, all right? I will not speak to her. She is good at pushing buttons. Okay, that did not <laughs> need to, you, I'll keep my private life and you keep yours. Well, I don't know. See, that's the thing with being a lover is that it seems like I have to consult my significant other in every major decision that I make. And that's weird. It's weird not being able to speak for myself to say, oh, I'm going to have to consult with someone about this and then get back to you. But I don't know that she would approve of having advisors. I feel like that's something I have to ask her. But I feel like I don't really know where she's at right now. So I feel like planning hypotheticals now with just us here wouldn't be a bad idea that way i can bring them to her rather than bringing you guys directly to her and throwing her in a line of not knowing why do you not know where she is right now that's something that stays between my partner and i okay well i don't know what we're i think ajax proposed a very plausible and well thought out plan i think that'd be a good idea and if you don't want to hear anything else i don't know how we're supposed to help I mean, I assume that she's going to need all the help she can get. I don't know if she's going to be picking and choosing who is in the military or not. Look, yeah, I don't know if she's going to want to appoint Lakshu and call and Rai into those positions. I just, I don't know. What I'm saying is, is that maybe we don't have to be on the level of advisors, or at least I don't, but I don't think she's in the place right now with what's very, very near on the horizon to be rejecting anyone, especially someone who's skilled in combat. 
you skilled in combat. I was not talking about myself. I was talking about Ajax. I know that I am not in any position to be... You're not going to put me in any place or I'm near her or have influence over here. So I've accepted that now. I'm saying Ajax is a very smart choice for that position. Is he? Are you Ajax? Godwin, you know that I am. Do I? He, he was the first one to wound Vijay. Vijay for... was getting away. Yeah. Did you forget? And okay. I was the one who brought him back into the fray. And I was the one that murdered him. Oh. It was a process, though. Starting with Ajax. Ajax is the one that got us lost in a forest for two days. That wasn't me. You lost the map. You let me lose the map. Did you kick the map into the water? I was the one walking. You weren't even walking. You were literally asleep. And you still messed things up for us. Wow. Cold. Okay. Look, I mean, I can ask her, but I don't know what she's going to say. You're half of the lovers. Not everything has to go by her. But that's how you get a lack of solidarity among the team i feel like there's a major lack of solidarity among this team right now that could be easily fixed are the three of us the lovers no or are we ajax here you have been constantly trying to separate yourself from us and now you're insinuating that we are lovers i was simply making a joke it's not funny ajax you're not funny thanks or attractive (laughs) thanks (laughs) i'll agree to that yes finally i'm the looks of this team sure sure you are well i think you should bring ajax with you you want me to come i will i'll wait outside like i've already been asked to do by her okay i think that's fair to both sides you're not saying that ajax is your advisor that's just something that's you know maybe could be an idea and you're also not rejecting him as an ally so i think just bringing him along talk to her would not cause any harm ajax i feel like augusta in the wind has given me an acceptable idea that sounds good to me you hear gusts of wind too wasn't even a it wasn't even a good way to put me down. I thought it sufficed. N- nope. I thought it was pretty good, too. Yeah. We cut to a room on the inside of the Conclave of Amers. It has a high domed roof and an enormous wooden table that sits inside of it. At this point, Forlorn Aria and Mags are in the room, and so are Godwin, Ajax, and Ariston. I will accept his presence so long as he agrees to hold his tongue and keep in line. If he doesn't hold his tongue, I will cut it off myself. Ariston is just standing there with a closed lip smile like he's annoyed right now, but he's not. He's trying his best to just listen, which is completely against a lot of his morals, but he's just... <laughs> so, given the way that you phrased that, go ahead and roll me a die, please. One. <laughs> All right, you're good. Never good. That was a roll to see if Ariston accrued limit for suppressing himself in that particular domain. The whopping no. But no limit for this. So, what to do about the realm? Well, was hoping you had more concrete suggestions there, honey. Didn't you two have any ideas before you just took over power blindly? We are hoping to waylay the oncoming tide of realm soldiers. That should give us something of a notification, I hope. But the city is not super well defended. It's relied mostly on conscripts and mercenaries for its defenses in the past, and it hasn't seen major conflict in a long, long time. We aren't ready for something of this scale, if the scale is anything approximating what we think it might be. 
I don't know if they can be reasoned with, but I worry that diplomacy might be our only recourse. How do you fight that many people? I don't, I don't know how you fight that many people. I mean, I know that I have this untapped potential, but I, I'm afraid of it. I don't know how much power I hold. I thought that you told me that you were ready to embrace the responsibility of your power. But what if it's too much? What if it destroys the city? That's what I don't know. Then at least we die free. I don't know if I'm ready to die. Well, it seems like you're at a crossroads where you don't have a lot of strong options that don't come with the risk of your death. That's true. Unless you want to run like a child. I'm not a child. Then prove it. I will if I want to, not because you're making me. I'm just laying out the options. In a very condescending way. I suppose I may be condescending right now. Things recently have jaded me, I suppose. What about you, Ajax? Will you fight with me? Of course. You have my bow. Oh. What about that whisper in the room? I'm pretty sure he can whisper it in your ear and then you can relay it. That's what you want, Godwin. I didn't hear that. Okay, I will fight with him. He has everything I can give. He says he will fight with his wimpy body. He didn't sidebar, so I heard it. Not what I said. (laughs) Not what I said, Ajax. Gotta remember that sidebar. I'm sorry, I'm not accustomed to the rules here. That's what you get for not being a local of Jaway. Does this work for you, Perlarn Arya? That you three will fight? You at least have us. If there were a way to amass more troops, I would gladly take it. But I don't know what recourse we have. Do you plan to intercept them in the city, outside of the city? I think the best course of action is to have us kind of rally the people to tell them the realm's coming, whether we like it or not. And if anybody will take up arms, we'll take them. Then to meet them at the doors. There's only one way in and out of the city. We can bottleneck them there and attack them when they're vulnerable, when they're crawling into the city. It's true. This is acceptable. I think that if we combine these two ideas, we may stand a chance at fighting the realm. And at this point, the camera shifts up to the ceiling and a wood spider drops in through the roof spindling down on its web with a message held in its mouth it drops off onto the table and waddles over to godwin drops the message crouches down on its legs and then opens its mouth expectantly wow godwin uh pulls a coin out of his pocket Puts it in the spider's mouth and gives it a little pat. You see its mandibles twist and move around a little bit more. It cocks its head and opens its mouth once more. For future reference, our preferred payment is raw meat. Then the web goes slack and it pulls itself out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) So creepy. Godwin just kind of looks at where the spider used to be on the table and looks up at Ajax. Let's never get those in the office. Agreed. Godwin looks at the scroll and looks around at everyone at the table and then opens it. Dear loser. (laughs) It says, urgent. Fires spotted on Tepu half mile outside of city. The realm is here. Thank you so much for listening to Swallows of the South. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us, rate us, and review us on iTunes. Every review really helps get the show out there to more new listeners. If you want to find us on the web, you can find us at swallowsofthesouth.com, on Twitter at swallowsofsouth, on Tumblr at swallowsofthesouth.tumblr.com, and on Google Plus at swallowsofthesouth. If you have any questions you would like answered, or would like to speak to Quinn via email, please send your messages to swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com. Our intro music is new by Elvis Herod. And I hope to see you next Tuesday.